Uh, tonight, uh, well, I'm getting a little feedback. Sorry, guys. Um, congratulations, you guys got the B team. The person who actually runs this mic had better things to do, so now you're stuck with us. I'm excited about it. I'm not gonna do five minutes up top because fuck this. We all know that it's happy hour. Nobody, uh, nobody actually wants to hear me say anything. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll talk shit about you guys in between sets if it makes you feel better. I'm gonna be running this with Trina, who's who's in the booth right now uh, with the not fucking you shirt, just in case any of you felt ambitious, don't do it. Uh, and uh, my name is Dom Jellin, and we're filling in for Pam Benjamin, and so I want you guys to get really excited to kick the night off with your first comedian, Ashton Tate! Okay. Not of yell. What's up? Setting the stage for what could be the end of the night. How's, how's everyone doing? Very well. Nice. Woo! Uh, I was just in the green room. Um, so, so, sorry I'm late. Um, how's everyone? I already asked that question. Gotta stop asking the same questions. Um, you know, if meditating reduces stress, then why does every monk lose all his hair? What's he stressed out about? I don't know. Changing his clothes, he wears the same outfit. That's cool. Speaking of outfits, um, I uh, feel like the best way to start losing weight is to start wearing running shorts. That's what uh, a lot of people, a lot of people would say start running, but if you start wearing the running shorts, the, the length of the shorts is encouragement enough to start running because uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't like people seeing me outdoors. And uh, unless you have tan thighs, how many people who are, there's not many people who are out of shape who have tan thighs. So. I feel like that's that's the start, because if you think about it, the longer sweat shorts get, the less you work out. I mean, if you look at sweatpants, you're practically gaining weight at that point. I've gained more weight wearing sweatpants than, uh, I'm not sure, but um, cool. Uh, I like uh, donating, donating feels good. Some would say I'm donating right now, donating my, uh, my free comedy to the uh, masses that are uh, SoundCloud or wherever this goes, I'm not sure. But uh, donating feels good, especially when they say, uh, you know, every little bit counts. Um, I don't know if that's like a slight to the person who's donating, as if they assume that you're just going to donate, because a little bit is two of the smallest increments of size at the same time. <laughs> and then sometimes when I hear a little bit, I just think like, oh, I don't have to donate that much. So I'll just keep a little bit for myself and uh, give them a medium bit. Than, uh, than I would have given them before. Um, I like that. Uh, saw this, uh, supposedly drugs make people feel good. A lot of uh, commercials would disagree with that. Uh, saw this guy selling Percocets on the corner and he said, uh, I got perks, I got perks. <laughs> and I was like, what a great attitude to have towards your job. You know, that's, maybe, maybe I should try that. I work in an office, so I could be like, I excel, I excel <laughs> from, uh, uh, yeah. So, I don't know, just, uh, it's pretty hard to crack down on drugs. I'm not the one to do it. I'm not the one to tell people how to live their life. No, I haven't reached that stage in my uh, comedy yet. I haven't done that. Um, who knows where it'll happen. But uh, telling people to not do drugs is kind of hard because, you know, um, Drugs are exchanged through handshakes, and that's that's a pretty good, it's a good community builder. I feel. Um, I think that people know you're not a cop when you go for, they go for a handshake and you go for a hug. It's a pretty good sign that you're not a cop. It's hard to get out of that hug situation. 
bring it in for the real deal. That's what I always say. And then uh, never seen a really attractive uh, female drug dealer. I'm just going to say that. No offense to them. Uh, I don't know if it's a good line of business for men or women. So who knows, you know, what guidance counselor directs you down that path. I'm not sure. It's pro there probably is no guidance counselor for that. Um, but uh, my painter, I got a painter, showed up with uh, nothing on his uh, clothes, you know, zero paint on his shirt. And if you're a painter, that's like the one job where fucking up is, it's a sign that you did well if you have a lot of paint uh, on your clothes. You know, if there's a doctor, I don't have to go there. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's uh woo, it's hot up here. Uh, <laughs> this is great. So, uh, okay, cool, I'm not used to the uh, finger. Used to the the horn, um, yeah, that yeah. So uh, I uh, saw this this couple. They were on a bench and they were uh, making out. And you're probably wondering, Ashton, why were you staring at a couple making out? And to be honest, I wasn't staring. I was reading. And uh, one of my favorite things about reading is that it's it's a it's a you know, you get to read and learn things, and then you can observe other people doing things while holding the book to your face. It's kind of like a nice shield. Uh, you know how back in the day, people would uh, sit in a cafe and stare behind a newspaper as a detective of some sort? That's kind of what, what you can do now. That's why I support print media. It helps you uh, hide yourself while you're watching other people. Um, so yeah, I'll leave you with that note. My name's been Ashton, and have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Ashton. Did you guys see that coordinated entrance exit where we didn't bump into each other? We just like exit and enter state. Yeah. Yes. We're a classy establishment here, uh, which is why I'm excited to bring up the next comedian. He was our barometer for how tall the tall mic stand should be. Uh, so I want you to give it up for Jason Balsford. <laughs> It's an exciting week, right? Yeah. Is that is that feedbacking? Yeah. A little bit. You want me to use the other one? Am I am I hurting our am I hurting our listeners' ear? Like the one because <laughs> I don't know how many people are listening to this. Oh uh, man, it's been an exciting week. Uh, I've learned a lot of things this week. Um, I've learned that my favorite and least favorite conjunction in a sentence is the word but. And my, the reason why it's my favorite is because it in completely invalidates the first sentence. And my, the reason why it's my least favorite is because it's always by some asshole who's like, I don't want to get political. But <laughs> here's a thought. Instead of doing that, you could not. It's completely okay. You want to talk to me about how you saw the greatest snail walking through the park. I will go on this magical journey of snaildom with you. It's cool. We can do this. You don't have to sit there and be like, you know, like, I don't want to be a music snob, but no, you don't have to. It's beautiful. You don't fucking have to. It is the greatest feeling on earth. Although, you know what the second greatest feeling on earth is? And I can tell you it is, a, it is when you discover that one of your childhood heroes is now one of the highest grossing male porn stars of all fucking time. I'm, of course, talking about Hulk Hogan, who made $150 million for his one porn shoot. It was, it was beautiful. Like, I've heard a lot of bullshit about it, 
Right, like, you know, like, people are saying, like, oh, you said all this racist shit, and blah, 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 and I'm just kind of like, well, I didn't see the movie, but, you know, so are, are, are you going to give it, like, a two out of five, or what? Like, are we going to sit here and actually, like, try and scale the, no, what I'm, what really baffles me, though, is that there are a bunch of people sitting there, like, oh, man, I feel bad for all those people working at Gawker, there's all these journalists are going to lose their jobs, I was like, have you, have you read Gawker? Like, it's not worth reading. It is the National Enquirer of online media. It is it is awful. It is just bad. And everyone's sitting here, and they're like, well, you know, like, but yeah, but they're going to lose their jobs. I lost my job because I was lazy. Well, actually, I've never lost a job. I have tried to lose a job. I can honestly tell you I have tried to lose a job. I have not showed up at work. I have, you know done other naughty things that they might, I may or may not still be liable for. I don't know what the statute of limitations is. But I can tell you that the worst way to lose a job is to walk up to your boss, look him square in the eye, and tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> That's how you get a promotion? No pay raise. Worse hours, but you're still an assistant manager. I think my favorite job I ever held was I, I worked the graveyard shift at a porn store in San Francisco. And everyone goes like, wow, man, you must have some really interesting stories. A few. <laughs> but not as many as you're fucking thinking. Most of my nights were completely uneventful. It's like any graveyard retail job, guys. It's, except instead of selling, like, Twinkies and Ho-Hos, I am selling fucking the Great American Challenge and lubricants. That's the only difference. Nothing interesting ever happens. Every now and again, like, you'll get a group of people that walk in, and they're all doing their bullshit and whatever. But for the most part, it's fucking boring. The worst part about that job, though, is I was expected to stop shoplifters. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but do you know how most people shoplift? They stuff it down their pants. You know what we sell at porn stores? Shit that you don't want to be reaching for in someone's pants. You only make that mistake once. You only walk up to somebody like, oh, shit. Fuck. Good for you. <laughs> Have a nice day. Like, I mean, like, what do you say when you make that mistake? You just, you just gotta, you just gotta look them in the eye and, I guess, give them a handshake or something. <laughs> uh, I've worked too many, too many graveyard jobs. And I can tell you, uh, the greatest, uh, the best advice I can give you in the job market if you do not want to get fired, like you absolutely cannot afford to lose your job, is work a fucking graveyard shift, because they will not replace you. They can't. There is not some crazy motherfucker like me who is willing to work all night because, you know, fuck your social life. You don't need one of those. But I will tell you that working graveyards builds character and also makes you the best friend of all the cops. And that is its own reward. So I'll leave you all on that. Thank you very much. Can you hear me on this one, Trina? Okay. Dude, uh, thank you for coming back in. Everybody was chilling real hard, and then you walked in and brought the enthusiasm up a thousand percent. So I'm sure that'll serve the next comic well, because I'm still waking up. Uh, I want you guys to get really excited, because he's an international man, and he's awesome. Please put your hands together for Richard Cervantes. Yes, hello. Hey, guys. Uh, so I think tattoo parlors and ice cream parlors 
combined into ice cream tattoo parlors. <laughs> you know, like a, uh, yeah, I'll have a uh, Neapolitan on my lower back, please. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's good. That's, uh, I was like, I think this is totally stupid, but I think it's just partially stupid. That's good. So, so my friend was trying to convince me to go to Burning Man, and he's like, dude, it's like a totally different place. Like you live in tents and huts. There's like bright colors everywhere. It's hot and it's dusty. There's a barter system. There's like no rules or regulations. People love dancing. I said, wait, are we going to India? <laughs> dude, like dude, my, my parents grew up in India. Like if they went to Burning Man, they would be like, dude, we studied really hard and traveled thousands of miles to get away from this bullshit. <laughs> what are all these white people doing in the deserts? <laughs> like, if my dad went to Burning Man, he'd be like, dude, what? Guys, stop dancing. We need to start studying so that we can make a better life for ourselves and our children. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably won't be going to Burning Man. <laughs> uh, I, I did do comedy in India. Um, so I, I, was, I bought my plane ticket to go over there, and then uh, I, there was a change, so I had to change my plane ticket. And the change fee was $300, which was so shitty. Fuck Lufthansa. Uh, <laughs> it was $300. And then I, I told my friend about it. I was like, man, I wasted $300. And he's like, well, at least now you'll have a story. <laughs> I was like, what kind of shitty story is this? <laughs> like, like gather around, kids. Grandpa's going to tell a story. <laughs> Everybody get real warm. Get your, your hot chocolate in. So when Grandpa was young, he had to go to India. Uh, but the flight was delayed, and uh, he wasted some money. <laughs> <laughs> dude, my kids are going to fucking hate me, dude. It's like the worst story ever. Um, oh, I was listening to that song, uh, Sky is the Limit by Notorious B.I.G. And uh, one of the lyrics, uh, he says, uh, he's like, they depicted me the boss. Even while I was wrong, I got my point across. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, wait, how can you be wrong but also get your point across? And so I tried to come up with some examples. <laughs> 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 like, uh, uh, I don't want Indian food. I hate chow mein. <laughs> so he probably doesn't want to eat ethnic. Uh, let's go for hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> he made his point, but chow mein is not Indian. Uh, <laughs> another example, uh, don't take long showers, otherwise fish will go extinct. <laughs> it's not true, but we could save water. <laughs> um, I, I don't like it when people say, uh, Spoiler alert, and then the thing that comes afterwards is not a spoiler. You know, like uh, Dave married a stripper. Spoiler alert, she cheated on him. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's not a spoiler. It's totally obvious. <laughs> uh, I think we should do real spoilers when you say that. Uh, like Dave married a stripper. Spoiler alert, my father used to molest me. <laughs> That'll spoil your day. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, I saw a dog with three legs, and I thought that was awesome because I could just reach in and rub his belly. <laughs> 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 like, to me, uh, legs are just uh, jail bars for the belly. <laughs> it's like, I want to set you free. <laughs> uh, actually, th I think that's all the jokes I want to try. Thank you. Give it up for Richard one more time, you guys. It was awesome.
Lufthansa, right? Is that how you pronounce that? Lufthansa. Lufthansa. Thank you. They almost hit a drone last week oh, at, yeah. at LAX. Yeah, we were we were trying to figure it out, but that some dude. It was like a privately owned drone, and uh, this isn't funny. It's just a fact. They missed it by like th two, three hundred feet, and now he can't fly drones for like five years or something. They revoked his drone license. I didn't even realize that we were giving them to ordinary people. I thought it was all like TV production people and the CIA for crashing <laughs> weddings and I don't know. Um, all right, cool. All right, well, we're going to bring up our next comic. Everybody, um, I am going to be sitting over there and I'll, I'll just, I, I'm not going to use the horn. Uh, you know, that's Pam's shtick. Uh, apparently my shtick is just a finger. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> please put your hands together for Annette Mullaney. Hello. Oh, it's weird because it doesn't, anyway. Um, I really would like a pet, probably a cat without any legs. I just, I'm so sick of things I love running from me. Could just use it as a pillow and it could never leave. I don't want like a cat or a dog that like has a life. I want me to be the only thing in their world. Um, it's just a little bit of me. Um, but speaking of animals, so uh, SeaWorld last week announced that it's going to shut down its orca breeding program. Um, really good news for those whales, because uh, apparently their lives are unending misery. Uh, big ass whales in tiny little tanks, just sticky fingered Midwestern children banging on the glass all day. Um, they're still, the existing whales are still going to live this unending hell, but they're, at least they're not going to make new whales for the express purpose of this life. Um, and you know, it's, it's easy to see SeaWorld as the bad guy, but you know who I really feel bad for is the semen extractor. Because you know that someone had to do that. Um, and that dude, because I'm like 98% sure it was a dude, uh, that dude faces a really tough, you might say even stiff, job market. Uh, <laughs> Like, it just seems like that doesn't come with a very transferable skill set. Um, I can see in interviews, like, you know, well, you can see from my resume that I'm very specialized, but the important thing is that I saw every job through to the finish. Um, or, like, I, I imagine there's probably other animal breeding programs that he could go into, um, but generally in your career, you try to move forward, and I feel like jerking off whales has got to be the pinnacle of that career path. And then, like, it might even be physically difficult at that point. Like, you're used to a whale. Now you're dealing basically with toothpicks. Um, I've had a similar experience in that, like, I've gone around, and these days, half the time when I'm getting intimate with a gentleman, uh, kind of just feels like a little lost bat flapping around in a cave. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'm not ashamed. Dudes brag about their big penises all the time. Like, I have a giant vagina, and I'm not. Hello, sir. <laughs> Welcome. Um, but speaking of jerking off whales, I had a really good date this weekend. We connected. Um, the dude is an absolute fucking monster in terms of, like, crazy muscle mass. Um, but he used to be super fat, so he actually has a personality. <laughs> it's great. It's like the best of both worlds. Um, there's just like that core, yes, there's like that core of insecurity that's just never going to go away, co having come from never gotten laid in high school. 
I don't think that was a real sentence, but you got the point it maybe. <laughs> but um, I've actually found you can't go too pretty with dudes because then they just don't work. Like the prettiest dude I've ever hooked up with, he was like model pretty. And we got to the bedroom and he just took his clothes off and laid back and said, go for it. <laughs> like I'm gonna do all the work. And I, I, I was, I had no idea what to do because that's my move. <laughs> I, so then we just kind of, we laid in the bed next to each other. I don't know, waiting for like a strong breeze to blow one of us on top of the other because like <laughs> no one was going to take initiative. Um, that was a race to be bottom and no one won. Uh, but this dude, he puts the work in. He's got that insecurity. It's great. Um, however, I did not sleep with him this weekend. I could have. Um, I just wasn't in the mood. Like, have you ever stress eaten so much that you're afraid that nothing else is gonna fit, even a dick? <laughs> um, I'd been stressing in a lot because we were on like the third watch of a period vigil. Uh, if that one's still percolating in your mind, I was late for my period, and so I was a little worried that I might be pregnant. Um, I share that with the dude because I think it's important to freak men out. Um, it's one of my hobbies, along with Pilates. Uh, but um, if he had, we, I'd only met him like two weeks before, so if he actually does the math, he would realize that I was basically telling him I'm just full of other dudes spunk. But that's fine. Like, I think it's important to reveal your true self when you date, because that's all you're trying to find is someone you can be real with. And that's my truth. Full of spunk, giant vagina. Um, but, uh, Anyway, there's more, uh, whatever. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give it up for Annette Mullaney. Um, do you guys know what ghosting is? I'm going to try this out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, Trina doesn't know. Ghosting is like when you're quasi-dating somebody, and instead of breaking up with you, they just stop responding to all your messages. Um, and I think I'm being ghosted by my prospective landlord, which is really frustrating. I saw this place uh, earlier in the week, and I was super excited about it. It was one of those, like, sometimes you just go to a place and you feel like you connect that place, man. Like, I could see myself staying there long term, like a year lease with a hopeful renewal. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I was there, and then I was trying to hold myself down. I was like, do not... Do not look for furniture that you think would suit this apartment. Oh my God, again? Yes. yes, I was hoping for this. Hi, we did this on Wednesday. How are you? It's so good to see you. Tim, I don't even think that you should have this. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Get out of here. What a fucking asshole. We were, <laughs> we were friends before. We are not now. All right. Um, Whatever, my, my realtor, I, I thought she was out of the country. She's not my realtor, she was a prospective landlord. I thought we connected. I'm really upset, because I texted her, and she didn't text me back, and then I emailed her, and she didn't email me back, and I was like, maybe she's out of the country, which we all know isn't true. So, <laughs> I'm not sad about it. Uh, that was a downer, I'm sorry. I should have just finished with the dog. Uh, but you know what, our next person is gonna make you feel a lot better. I want you guys to put your hands together for Adam Perlstein. <laughs> Hey, um, so I don't know if um, if uh, girls can relate to this, but sometimes you go to the bathroom, there's just creepy guys that just come into the public bathroom and just, uh, 
just make weird noise. Like I was in the uh, the stall at uh, the bathroom at work, and I'm in the stall, but I'm in business. Some guy walks in, he starts breathing, just like really, just really, just like heavily, and he's just like. Which is like hard to listen to because I was trying to jack off. And just to hear that in the background when you're trying to focus, it's distracting. Um, so I like uh, I like food. Shit, this joke needs to be rewritten. Uh, anyway, um, I, I like food. Then there's a lot of opportunities for good food in the Bay Area. There's a lot of authentic uh, cuisine um, out here. Um, went to a Caribbean restaurant, um, authentic Caribbean restaurant at Pork, um, $17. Yeah, I don't know how auth- it can be authentic in that cur- like expensive. Like I know the Caribbean's not like the wealthiest area in the world, and it's charged seventeen dollars like for pork. Like imagine which like the village in the Caribbean. It's like, hey, who wants seventeen dollar pork? Yeah, just like Mama used to charge. Like that's <laughs> never. <laughs> it's so fucking expensive. I don't get it, man. Like I went to a. Uh, I'm not a very adventurous eater. Like, I went to a Vietnamese restaurant with my friend, and my friend asked the waiter, um, what would you recommend? Some, like, 60-year-old Vietnamese guy. Just, like, he comes back with, like, a bowl full of, like, raw beef liver and just, like, ears and, like, just shit in it. It's just, like, why would you do that? Like, I'll go up to, like, his grandson, like, some 6-year-old boy. Like, what do you eat when you you come here? (laughs) Okay, I'll have chicken and rice. Do I want sauce? No, no sauce. We don't want sauce. We don't want sauce. Like, I'll eat sushi, um, but I'll, like, only order the California roll. Like, that's all, which I feel is embarrassing. It's like an insult to their entire culture. Like, if if you don't know what a California roll is, it's basically a, a, the best way of saying the only thing I hate more than trying new things is Japanese culture. That's what you get from ordering the California roll. And, uh... I go and I order and like it's just so embarrassing whenever I'm like, Hi, can I have the California roll? And um she's like, Well, do you want like edamame also or like sake? I'm like, Do you have ketchup? She's like, No, we don't have ketchup. I'm like, All right, A one steak sauce, we'll be fine then. <laughs> she's like, Anything else? I'm like, I want a box of crayons so I can sit here and play tic tac toe while I await my California roll. That's my plan. Um so yeah. Um Sorry about that. So, um, I got a, um, I got a girlfriend now. Um, anybody, it's, it's fine. Thank you. Uh, I feel really embarrassing for saying that. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, girlfriends, they always want to do like stupid things. Like my girlfriend wants me to like take her dancing, which just sucks. Cause I'm like such a better dancer than she is. It's like. <laughs> She's horrible at dancing. She's like, wouldn't it be romantic if we went salsa dancing? I'd be like, yeah, if you didn't thumb around like a fucking retard, then we could. <laughs> and like, r- people change over time in relationships. So my girlfriend, when we first started dating, she told me she watched porn. But like, girls like to say that. Girls say they watch porn, but like not the same way like guys watch porn, you know? You know, some girls shave their face. <laughs> you know? But she catches me. She's like, uh, she asked me about porn. Like, what well, do you think about like, me when you do, do that? I'm like, yeah. I think, oh boy, she wouldn't like this very much. And that's <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> my um, my ex-girlfriend, uh, she was a stripper. I was talking about 
that stripper. Um, and that might sound pretty cool uh, to some of you guys here, um, right? Uh, but I'm a pretty jealous guy, and just the idea of dating a woman that makes more money than me, like how do you live with yourself? <laughs> situation. Um, human beings are animals, right? Not like animals are animals. Like certain animals have cool defense mechanisms, like they change colors, like they spit poison. Like what's my defense? I try to sound smart around people that make more money than me. Like that's my... I'm threatened by men that are taller than I am. I talk in a deep voice around them. He ought to be able to have a beer and uh, watch the football game. Oh, actually, I'm gluten-free, and I don't follow sports all that much. <laughs> What's up, dog? I would like all the dogs and Muslims to get out of here until we can figure out what's going on. Now, this isn't... Um, necessarily uh this is a premise uh i'm working on it's like uh, wow in the business we call that a defense mechanism um setting it up like that um uh, but i think in the 90s when it came to like pursuing relationships we were told that it was all about being um persistent being persistent like when you hear stories from your grandpa like well i asked your grandma out and she said no and I asked her again and she said no and then eventually i just bothered her and then she became mine it's like that wouldn't really work today like with all with like salon.com and huffington post like and like rape culture, like I don't think being <laughs> persistent would necessarily work. And then in 2000s, it was about confidence. You've got to be confident to get women. And then that quickly became arrogant. Like if I became just an unaware, loud douchebag around women, then that would make them attracted to, to me. Not funny, but I think what it is now is self-awareness. I think being a self-aware person is the key because knowing what, you know, like, oh, my God, she totally wants to fuck me. Like, well, maybe she's just making you coffee and she has to interact with you, and maybe that's <laughs> what it is. Anyway, cool. Um, I think I think it's a it's a astute observation, not necessarily hilarious, but I'll work on it. And, uh, you know, just practice these things. <laughs> Adam Perlstein, everybody. I uh, brought the clipboard up this time because I'm doing my best impression of a camp counselor. Um, <laughs> killing it. Uh, no, I'm really excited to keep this show going. About, By the way, just uh, about halfway, Trina and I are going to uh, switch off, so your host will be a lot nicer, maybe. Um, but I do want you guys to put your hands together for a person who is definitely uh, not an asshole, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Ken Suzuki. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Happy Easter. Yeah, happy Good Friday, really, but we're not going to be, like, any of us are going to be at an Easter service on Sunday. <laughs> like, what? It's, a, it's a good holiday because we're celebrating Jesus, right? One of the more successful prophets or messiahs out there. <laughs> like, you know, when you think about his career, what was the pinnacle? I, I think his big headlining gig was the Sermon on the Mount, right? But it's got me thinking, I mean, like, before that, there's a whole, there's that period that we don't know anything about. And it just made me wonder, like, how many shitty mics did that guy have to go through <laughs> before he felt confident enough to take his act on the road, you know? And not just him, all the prophets, really. Abraham, Moses, Muhammad, Jesus. How many of those shitty mics on those, like, open desert hills, I guess, is what the equivalent would be, did they have to go through before they had the confidence to go and to take their act somewhere? Because I really think it's that dedication to the craft that separates, you know, the successful prophets from the no-names. That was what, you know, and some people just couldn't get it around. Buddha, Joseph Smith, they were just too alt for the mainstream crowds, I think. <laughs> now, 
This theology lesson has been brought to you by. The other day, I finished an open mic in the Tenderloin at Showdown. Go up the street, meet the Turks, buy a piece of pizza, start walking to the station. On my way to the station, a woman runs up on me. Believe, believe it or not, something you don't see every day, it was actually a very hot, attractive young homeless woman that runs up on me and demands I give her my phone at first. Like, no, I can't give you my phone. Second demand, give me your pizza. Or a piece, really. So I okay, sure, no problem. You're hungry and you're not asked. It's not my phone. So I rip her off a piece. Go to hand it to her. She doesn't believe in the use of hands, I find out. As she stands, looks at me defiantly, and does this. <laughs> she wanted me to feed her my piece. Feed it to her like a baby bird receiving seed. <laughs> so I go, oh, okay. Give it to her. And after she takes it, this time she'd seemed kind of normal the whole time, actually, this whole, with the exception of demanding my phone. She seemed very normal. What happened next is what got me thinking. She takes the piece, walks off two paces, looks at me with these eyes. Like, you know those eyes, like, I want your fist inside of me eyes? <laughs> she looks at me with those eyes and does this. Down her pants, starts fingering herself in front of me. And all I could think was, wow, if she was willing to do that for just a bite of my pizza, <laughs> what would she be willing to do for the whole slice? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, people who read Braille, they've got to be amazing at finger banging, don't you think? <laughs> Their hands are just so sensitive, you know? But don't get me wrong, I do l enjoy rough sex. I enjoy rough sex. But you know, there's just such a fine line between rough sex and violating the Geneva Convention. <laughs> I mean, really, where does the foreplay end and the enhanced interrogation begin? <laughs> Guantanamo Bay, that's where it ends. Oh. Give that joke about three and a half Abu Ghraibs. Oh, people still get that reference. That's good. That tag is staying. Oh. Uh, drone strike operators. I'm going to make a joke out of this guy, damn it. Those people are what? Just two whisker shakes away of becoming furries, don't you think? I mean, really, what's different? Both people who spend a lot of time in front of computer screens, don't see the sun very much, very lonely. You know what the difference is? It's the conventions. The conventions. So fur furries have hacked the system with conventions. They don't need to blow up Pakistani wedding parties. They're blowing each other. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And Suzuki, everybody. Oh, bye, guys. Have a nice life. Friday, weekend, Easter, whatever. May God bless you, etc. Right? Jesus is risen. <laughs> Just things to keep in mind. Um, did, okay, you didn't leave. I uh, I don't know whether or not to make fun of you again because I was a dick to you when I brought you up. I feel like I should choose one, right? All right, I'll 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 be a dick to you another time, just because it's fun. Not anything. All right, cool. All right, are you ready, sir? No. Well, you're com you're coming up anyway because I don't actually give a fuck. I'm just kidding. Your next 
comic, really nice, really funny. Please give it up for Stefan Massey. Way to run the room, Ken. Or walk the room. I guess, I guess that really qualifies as a running, all things considered. We lost like half the crowd. What the hell? Oh boy, and now, okay. <laughs> Where's that? Oh, that's you. Okay. Uh, seriously? Okay, there. That was weird. Hi, guys. Um, so, most of you are aware of my uh, Werner Herzog impression. Um, I've gotten some very good feedback about it. Um, but uh, what I wasn't aware of was just how popular it had become. <laughs> He's getting feisty. Oh, no! <laughs> Why do you always have to fall off chairs? <laughs> There's a dog for the listening audience. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, because it seems that the man himself is so taken with my take on him that he wants to do a documentary about me and my comedy. Yeah, I know, I was shocked too. Um, but I just bring this up because he's going to be jumping in, commentating on my jokes, uh, which is nice, giving me a little breathing room. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Here, <laughs> we see in his native habitat a creature I've come to understand is called... A hack. <laughs> he makes ready to deliver his humorous observations on modern life in the hopes that this will compensate for his inborn lack of social graces <laughs> and make him a more desirable mate for the opposite sex. Let us pause now and take in his craft, ostensibly titled comedy. <laughs> uh, so who likes weed? Who's a fan of uh, <laughs> who's a fan of the green? Yeah, all right, yeah, that's what I figured. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of the pot leaf myself, but uh, I, you know it's it's not without its drawbacks. The munchies are have been a concern for me, but I do feel like my culinary capacity is increased when I smoke. Uh, like one time I went to a 7-Eleven after I got stoned, and I bought a pack of mini Oreos and a bomber of Blue Moon. Went home, poured out the cereal into a bowl, and poured the beer over it and ate it like it was cereal. I'm the stoner guy Fieri. <laughs> He begins with a cautionary tale of drug usage. <laughs> he attempts to twist the ill effects on his body and mind such that those hearing his confession of narcotic addiction will not recognize it for what it truly is. In so doing, it can be inferred that he has already succeeded in fooling himself regarding the irreparable damage done by the marijuana plant. <laughs> uh, so I went to a rap show a couple months ago. <laughs> And uh, the undisputed MVP of the evening, for me at least, was a young man by the name of Danny Brown. Uh, he just has like an insane amount of energy. And he's, he's four years older than me, for Christ's sake. I feel so used up. Like, and it's just, it's just, you know, I think he could really put that energy to you know, a greater cause. Like, I mean, can you imagine Danny Brown stumping for climate change? He'd be like, reduce your carbon footprint, brick up your fireplace, take public transportation, stop fucking Mother Earth. Or, you know, if he were to run for president, you can just see him on the campaign trail being like, I want to talk to you about the wage gap in this motherfucker. <laughs> now, he attempts to marry a musical act with the current event. Although he has failed to account for his own bias regarding the audience's working knowledge of rap music. <laughs> he believes that he has formed a connection with the crowd, but there is none. There is only silence. Come on, Werner, that's a little bit harsh. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen, bitch. Werner Herzog, everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the dog is just stealing the show. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> it's okay. It's okay. He deserves it. Um, what else? What else? Uh, yeah, man. I'm I'm a, I'm a huge Werner Herzog fan. My favorite uh, Werner Herzog movie is uh, Cave of Forgotten Dreams, and it's insane because uh, the whole so the movie's about an hour and a half long, and after you're done watching it, you realize that it was made by someone who uh, had ADHD, got better, and then lapsed in the final days in the editing room. <laughs> because the last two minutes or so of this movie is, uh, for, uh, just so you know, the movie is about uh, these guys going into this cave that pro has what are probably the first paintings ever made by people. And then for the last two minutes, uh, they go to this, what he says is this nearby site where there are these albino alligators who've been mutated by radiation. And there's no attempt to connect it to anything else that happened in the movie. It's like he just expects us to go, it, it's like he's saying to us, uh, wow, these mutant lizards next to this cave from the beginning of time. It really makes you think. No, Werner, it doesn't. Uh, I'm Stefan Massey. <laughs> Killing it. Oh, yeah. Get your phone. Get your sunglasses. Um, <laughs> it's cool. See you later. Uh, here, actually, can I give you this chair? Please? Thank you. No, it's totally fine. I just took a total dump on poets and musicians when I put it off the stage, so I can't be seen in the same room as a chair now. No, it was good. I enjoy it. Not the worst. We've seen way worse today. Um <laughs> That's a lie. All right. Um, I, God, I was trying to backtrack, and I just insulted, like, five people. Whatever. Hi, how about I shut the fuck up and let the next comic take the stage? I want you... How long have you been here now, man? Uh, did you just move to San Francisco, or did you just start doing comedy? A year. Well, I think you're really fucking funny, so put your hands together for Adam Strawbridge. Hello. Werner Herzog is someone I've only heard impressions of. I've never heard him or seen him, so I can only imagine what lies beneath. Um, I have this. I'm trying to like date myself for once, you know. Um, it's not really a laugh line, but <laughs> I figure it's because I've been having sex with myself since I was 13, so I owe myself the courtesy. You guys know what I mean. Um, I had a really nice Valentine's Day too. I went to Dolores Park. By myself, obviously, had some rosé and some chocolates, uh, and then I jerked off under the train tracks, which I think for a lot of guys in Dolores is like a regular Sunday, but it was a treat for me. Um, I got a real... You ever have like a weird moment where you realize you have something in common with a cartoon character? I had that the other day with uh, Porky Pig, you know, Looney Tune goes, like, -ba -da, -ba -da, -ba -da, that's all, folks, you know? That's the exact sound I make when I come out of Norgy. Well, Piglet stole my line. Um, I feel like that there's not a future for me in the porn industry as a porn star, but I might be able to make it as a porn critic because <laughs> two-thirds of the time when I watch porn, I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, this is hot. But then a third of the time, I'm thinking you know, I have notes. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's mostly like kind of subtle. like Cinematography-wise, don't like linger on a girl's asshole, and that's just coming back to play in the third act. Shook Chekhov's gun. Um, more substantially, though, like don't have a girl scream, I poppy, I poppy, if we just establish she's a blonde girl from Nebraska trying to make it in the big city. <laughs> Disconnect there. This is bad screenwriting. It takes me out of the scene. Um, <laughs> my friend recently dumped her boyfriend. He secretly filmed them having sex. The messed up guys. 
she said she wished she lived in a different century when there wasn't all this technology to exploit women. But I think even though technology has obviously changed the world a lot, humans are still the same. Guys especially are still the same. And I told her that I recently read uh, in Renaissance Italy, young guys would go out, you know, they'd party, they'd meet girls, they'd take them home, and they'd have sex with them, and they'd have, like, a little artist in the closet painting the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it would take them, like, five or six nights just to get the shading right. Uh, she didn't believe me. She said, you're just saying that to make me feel better. That didn't really happen. And I said, no, it's a real thing. There's actually a museum in Rome where you can see some of this artwork. It's called the Museo de Ex-Girlfriend Revenge. <laughs> it's a real place. Um, let's keep it moving. Uh, animals are cool, right? Let's talk about animals. I watch a lot of animal documentaries and shows, like David Attenborough stuff, because I like to see like the human in them and the animal in us. You know, like I like that dialectic. But uh, really, all I've learned so far about animals is they're just they're really into doggy style, like exclusively. Uh, to the point where it's like unimaginative on their part. They could get around it if they wanted. Horn dog frogs. Um, but then I was thinking, and I realized it'd be really freaky if you saw animals doing a different position. Like if you saw baboons doing reverse cowgirl, that'd be really trippy, right? Like Planet of the Apes. They're evolving. That's the first step. That was actually the first scene of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. What's his name? James Franco just walks into a scene of like <laughs> a bunch of chimpanzees doing reverse cowgirl. Um, <laughs> they cut it for obvious reasons. Uh, Platypuses are nuts, animal, because they got fur, but they lay eggs, and they got a beak, right? So they're all over the map. If you ask a biologist what's up with a platypus, they'll give you some hocus-pocus, like the platypus is the last member of an ancient lineage of mammals that hadn't yet developed placenta. But I don't care about that. I think it's funny to imagine, like, in heaven, there was an angel carrying a bucket of beaver parts, and he was, like, hurrying through a hallway, and then he bumped into an angel carrying a bucket of duck parts. And the angel's like, you got your duck and my beaver. And the guy's like, you got your beaver and my duck. And then God was like, oh, this isn't a problem. We'll just like slap a poisonous talon on its ass and drop it in Australia. <laughs> It'll make total sense. All right. Uh, I'm a bisexual male, which is great. I get to be persecuted by straight men and gay men alike. Uh, can't drive down the middle of the lane. Uh, I've recently been giving blowjobs, oral sex, fellatio. I won't say it's fun, but like the experience holistically is fun, I guess. <laughs> um, it's tough, because I have like a very small mouth, and you know the penises I'm sucking are all pretty big. Uh, so the only way it works is if I make a face like I'm really surprised, you know, like, you know. <laughs> um, so I have a routine now. Before I go down on a guy, I dim the lights, put on the R. Kelly, and then I watch an M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> Has to be the whole film. I need all the character development, all the subtextual arcs. Then I get to that point where it's like, it was plants the whole time. No. <laughs> Good to go. It did not work with Avatar The Last Airbender, though. That was a rough night. All right, thanks, guys. Give it up for Dom. Thank you, Adam Strawbridge. Awesome. He's the best-dressed comic in here. Uh, he was now out there. I'm sorry, Paul. I know you're wearing a blazer, but somehow, just a button-down and the whatever. Okay, sure. All right, we'll go with that. All right, your next comic brought the damn dog that doesn't want to hang out with me that I'm not bitter about even a little bit. <laughs> but we're really excited to have him. Please put your hands together for Timothy Pizza. Hi. 
Been uh, trying to think of some little tips to help myself get through the day. Like if, uh, like if a barista gives you some lip, it's perfectly fine to flick a nickel at her forehead. <laughs> Technically, it's tipping. <laughs> uh, like if you're hanging out somewhere and they don't have Wi-Fi, it's fun to uh, throw a pudding cup into the ceiling fan. <laughs> just gotta, just gotta leave before somebody who cares shows up. I, I, I do weird shit. I spent an hour today uh, fat shaming skinny pregnant women online because I'm dead inside. And then I started wondering, like, if I married her, would she take my first and last name? And then I spent another hour on WebMD trying to figure out uh, which of the three substances I took last night was giving me the shakes. <laughs> for some reason, my fingers smelled like eighth grade. I got my car, I found a handful of these like laser tag tokens from Qzar. I was like, am I blacking out and winning laser tag tournaments again? <laughs> it's fucked up, man. I don't know, like, I, you know, when I'm not out winning laser tag, uh, I'm watching TV, and I got some ideas for uh, some new Netflix specials. I want a five-hour piece um, just dogs in mid-flight catching frisbees. Did you guys see Fly the Navigator? No, remember Fly. I guess they're too young. You guys remember Fly to the Navigator? Well, the opening credits is a dog frisbee tournament, and it's just shots of frisbee. You never see the ground. It's just a uh, frisbee and a dog catching it in midair. I want that for just like five hours. <laughs> I call it frisbee dogs. And then uh, I want a documentary that goes deep into the minds of middle-aged men who drive Mazda Miatas. I, I don't know what's going through their heads. I'd like to know. <laughs> uh, also, uh, I think it'd be great to have a series of TED Talks by Randy Quaid. <laughs> if you, if you just, just YouTube them. You'll thank me later if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so, uh, Easter's here. Um, this year, uh, tell all your nieces and nephews, hey, idiots, <laughs> rabbits don't lay eggs before you turn the hose on them. Last year, all the kids were in the kitchen, uh, you know, running around while my mom was getting the glazed ham ready. And uh, I gathered up like four or five of them. You know, they're all little kids. And I was like, you know what this ham's for, right? And they're like, no, no, what's the ham for? I was like, well, we hang the ham from the tree in the yard so zombie Jesus doesn't eat you all while you're sleeping. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. Jesus needs to step his shit up. All he did was like, Resurrect. I mean, that's not a cool trick. It's like, why doesn't he fucking do something really worthwhile? Like, explain the last episode of Lost. Doesn't <laughs> he, like, shut the fuck up about his wine blood and his unpenis mother? <laughs> Maybe, like, create a sea of jizz and get Moses to part that. <laughs> Maybe he could, like, call a fax machine, and, like, when it answers, it could be all. <laughs> And then, like, a picture of a penis with a hat on it prints out. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I mean, if Jesus did that, I'd be a believer. Um, well, I got I to gotta get going. I've been, I got I to gotta take care of myself. I've been uh, ninja turtling pretty hard lately.
it's uh, really hard to catch a cab when you come to in green spandex carrying a samurai sword. Um, thanks. That was, uh, yeah, I'm done. That was all my new stuff. Give it up to Tim Pizza one more time. Um, um, Tim, were you raised Catholic by any chance? Yeah. yeah? Okay, me too. Half the, half the people at my job were raised Catholic. Um, uh, but they were like, oh, we went to Catholic school. And I was like, no, I, I went, I'm poor. I went to public school. I got shipped off to CCD. Uh, and yeah, yeah. You know what? And so I said it to them. I was like, oh, I was at CCD. And she was like, you were one of those kids. And I was like, way to not be an asshole. Psych. And she was like, no, it's just like we would you know, be at Catholic school. And then the, the CCD kids would come at night. And then all our desks would be all fucked up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right. I did like steal pencils and shit. Whoops. <laughs> I had to steal the pencils because I needed something to say when I went to confession. Like, what the fuck is an eight-year-old going to talk about? Like, oh, I found a Lisa Prank pencil I really like, and it's mine now. Um, all right, fuck that. All right, uh, we're going to bring up your next comedian. Really funny lady. Please put your hands together for Tracy Wynn. Thanks. Um, sorry, I'm used to... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, Gary Shandling just died, R.I.P. Um, I know. Wait, do you did not know about this? Are you serious? <laughs> it's like all over Twitter. Um, his death could have been avoided, though, uh, like within minutes. Um, he said he had talked to his doctor friend like the day before about chest pains. And like, if you're a multimillionaire, like just go to the hospital, you know? <laughs> like you can afford it. You can afford the ER bill. Like you're hella rich. You just save your life. Just don't call your friend who's a doctor. Um, RIP Gary Shan Shandling though. Um, uh, so have you guys seen these uh, Google robot sweatshops? at all. They got these robots in a room just picking shit out of a bucket for a whole year. And this is quite unfortunate because these robots, they get like Parkinson's. You know, <laughs> they're fucking jittery. Um, so I'm just raising awareness for robot ethics. Um, did you guys hear about the uh, chatbot? Tay from Microsoft, yeah. the racist chatbot. Uh, oh, this sh this shit says more about like humanity than it does anything else. Well, it says a lot about Twitter too, uh, <laughs> and that's a slice of humanity right there. Um, but if you think about it, we're all sort of chatbots, right? Like, like I'm a chatbot trained on liberal media, you know, and. Um, I guess that's like pretty provocative to say. I don't know. Is it? No. Um, I'm trying to get a hold of a, a copy of the game. You guys read this book? It's like for pickup artists. Did you just wink at me? Oh my god. <laughs> Are you? Uh, oh, okay. No worries. Um, sorry about that. Uh, deepest apologies about that. Um, I'm trying to get a copy of the game because I don't want to be seduced by a lesbian again. Um, 
Not that that's happened a lot, but I'm just saying they're really savvy. Like, they ha probably haven't read the game, but they're, like, really, a really good at the game. Uh, sorry, uh, some food just came in. <laughs> People got distracted. Um, looks like, I don't know, like spring rolls or something. That looks good. <laughs> um, Elon Musk just uh, got divorced for the third time. Uh, it's his second wife. She divorced him. This is her second time divorcing him. And the first time um, he got divorced, he had to pay his wife $5 million. The second time, he had to pay his second wife $15 million. So th there's, um, there's a poll right now at work being like, how much is she going to get this time? And we're thinking like $55 because he's worth a shit ton. Um, but like, wouldn't that be a great profession? It's like, how'd you make your money? Oh, I married and divorced Elon Musk. <laughs> That's cool. Um, all right, let's see. What else do I have? Oh, okay. Um, I think this is the year I try Molly for the first time, you guys. Yeah. I've been reading a lot about it. <laughs> Seems like a good idea. It's great for PTSD. Like, there are absolutely no downsides. I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to do it after the show. Uh, uh, I was accused recently of being a tiger girlfriend, and not because I'm Asian, but because I'm really demanding. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm not a tiger girlfriend, but I'm also not saying that I'm dating someone who's underperforming. <laughs> I'm not saying that either. Um, I, uh, I just want, like, I just want to love that um, where you're like together for 30 years and you have two kids and one person has a gender reassignment surgery and they still stay together. Like I want that kind of love. Um, all right, that's it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Uh, sorry that the food came in the middle of your set. I gave you an extra 20 seconds that you didn't use. Um, okay, there is food here, so if you guys want to check out what's happening, I don't know where plates are. Okay, okay, if you do want to check out what's happening food-wise, don't. Uh, and momentarily, we will have a table set up on the other side of the room. Um, actually, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna stall, I'm gonna keep talking until all of this is done so that the next comic doesn't have to deal with this. Hurry the fuck up! No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Thank you for setting it up. You guys are great. Yeah, I guess. All my angst, all my, all my shenanigans. Um, <laughs> yeah, poor... poor <laughs> what? Uh, no, he's not a caterer. He's a novelist, apparently. <laughs> Just me being a dick. Um, wait, wait, wait. Rachel, you brought a friend here today. Hi, friend. Friend, what is your name? Lauren, are you a comedian? She's no, a normal. and I'm not funny at all. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Rachel brought a normal fucking person here. Everybody out. We're leaving. We're leaving. I, I'm just kidding. I gave multiple warnings, too, uh, about what might happen. Lauren, uh, thank you for coming. I'm not going to apologize to you because you did this to yourself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, kudos to you, Rachel, for having friends. All right, who aren't comics. Ooh, you're so fancy showing off your 
And you clearly have a day job too. Like, fuck off, Rachel. God, and Lauren. I just can't. That's me being a dick. I left work early today. I do have a day job. Um, I should have just let that go. You guys were on my side before I said it. Um, I have a job answering phones at a nonprofit that does interfaith grassroots organizing. So that means, okay, so what it means, <laughs> what it means is like, let's say you want to you wanna like solve uh, climate change or like world hunger in the name of Jesus, right? And you're like, I want to hang out with you. And we're like, whoa, buddy, it's way cool that you want to do that. But like, if you want to hang out with us, you got to get like a Muslim or a Jew or a Buddhist or something. Like, get somebody else who's not also the same thing you are. And then we'll talk to you. And, that, and I just, you know, it's, it's an interesting organization to work for because they like, they believe two things. First, they believe that world peace is possible. And second, they believe that we're worth saving. So, I mean, I just answer the phones. You know, I just <laughs> answer the phone. Sometimes I answer the phones for less time than usual, like today. And then I come here. And, or actually, I went home and I took a nap. And then I was like, oh, wait, I haven't done laundry. I don't have a shirt. It's cold outside anyway. I'll wear a sweatshirt as a shirt and my pajama shirt. And that's why I came here. I didn't even bother with fucking shoes today. It's freezing outside. There is no reason for my toes to be exposed. Um, are we done with this food, Stefan Massey? I mean, like, are you going to unstack those and make a lot of noise with aluminum foil? Or can I bring up the next comic? All right, your next comedian. Wave, thank you guys for, for bearing with me, and, and we went through that together. And Lauren, welcome. Uh, okay, your next comedian, very funny. Uh, and, and I think you guys should put your hands together, get very excited for Jenny Hogan. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. So I saw an ad, like a billboard, when I was in Soma the other night that said, can you hear me? I feel like the mic's not on. Are we good? Okay. That said, uh, you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are we advertising children to people with low self-esteem? Like, it just seems like a bad idea, you know? It's like someone's going to see that ad and it's just going to be like, oh, I just got dumped. Like, let me get a baby, you know? Seems like the perfect replacement. Um, I think it's like, a little bit messed up. Like, I think it's traumatizing enough to, like, know, you know, find out later in life that you exist because, like, the condom broke. But, like, imagine finding out later that, like, you're the only reason you're here in the specific, like, household that you're in is because, like, you know, like, mommy knew this guy named Dave and, like, Dave told her she was too needy and then, like, she went to Trader Joe's and they were out of cookie dough ice cream and then, like, your cre her credit card got, like, declined twice in a row and then, like, her boss told her she was a piece of shit and then she got too drunk and cracked her iPhone screen. Like, imagine how traumatizing that is. Uh, he's a cute baby, though. <laughs> Gotta be honest. Uh, yeah, it's nice to have somebody to cry with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I had this English teacher in high school. I went to an all-girls school. His name was Dr. Lintz. And, you know, like being a male teacher at an all-girls school, we all had a crush on him. Like I, in particular, really liked his vocabulary and his butt. Um, my classmates liked other things about him, but all of us liked his butt. Uh, I have to say, though, like Dr. Lintz was a little bit perverted, and I kind of realized more in retrospect sort of what was fucked up about him. So... One of the things he liked to do was have us dissect lines of literature that probably weren't that dirty and give it like a really dirty spin. So he also had this like ridiculous lisp. So, lisp. so we were reading Great Expectations and there's this line about how like Pip puts a piece of bread down the leg of his trousers and Dr. Lynch would be like, ladies, what do you think is down the leg of his trousers? It's a penis. 
it's the penis, ladies, the penis. Um, and at the time, I was like, oh, we're doing really deep like literature analysis. Like I never would have thought of this. He's teaching me so much. But in retrospect, I'm like, eh, I don't really know if we needed to do that. Another thing he really liked to do was um, come up with like dirty titles for the literature that we were reading. So like Great Expectations would be like, you know, we'd like brainstorm. Like we'd spend a whole class on this per novel. Like Great Expectations was like Great Sexpectations and like Great Ejaculations. <laughs> um, like sex and sexability was like sex and sex inability. Sense and sensibility. Oh my god, getting confused. Sense and sensibility was sex and sex inability. Um, like the scarlet letter was like the scarlet bedwetter because she got shit-faced and went home with her ex-boyfriend. Come on, we've all been there. Um, it's subtle revenge. And uh, like Moby Dick was like Moby Dick. Um, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> So at the time, I was like, oh, we're being really creative and like thinking of things I never would have thought of. But then like in retrospect, I'm like, okay, this was a ninth grade English class, not like the marketing team at a porn production agency. Um, he would like be way nicer to girls who were like really attractive and kind of like think all the things that they said were like way more intelligent. And like at the time, I was kind of unused to this, but it was good preparation for the rest of my life. Um, it's still like, it seems weird in retrospect because we were 14. But uh, there was another thing he did was that he would like, he'd get kind of turned on if like something got stuck in the vending machine. He'd really like to like stick his arm like all the way up and like really go in deep and try to like unhook the thing from like the vending machine so that you could like get your Snickers bar. Um, and that one I actually thought was weird at the time, but in retrospect, I kind of get it. Like almost to the point where maybe like more people should get turned on by sticking their arms really far up vending machines. Uh, this one's a little weird. <laughs> so I, uh, what else? Okay. Um, I'm having like a, a not great time at work recently. My boss told me I'm not good at taking feedback. And I was like, you clearly don't believe that or you wouldn't be telling me to like change my behavior on feedback. You know, like if you think I can't take feedback, <laughs> why would I alter anything that I do? Um, I also, I work like with mostly all men and I have a Google doc called microaggressions. And I, I don't do anything with this except uh, when I'm getting in trouble for not doing enough work. Then I like pull out my microaggressions doc. Like my boss is like, I really wanted that report. And I'm like, Derek touched my butt. Like, uh, okay, I'm Ginny, have a good night. Ginny Hogan! All right, you guys. Um, if anybody would like to get food, go ahead and, and do it now. I'll stall for a second so that way you're not doing it uh, during a comic set because I don't count as a person, just a host. Um, uh, so food, food, because then you're going to have to wait five whole fucking minutes. I know, life is going to be really hard. You guys, your next comic, as far as I can tell, has probably been doing comedy longer than I've been alive, but I might have just made that up. Please put your hands together for Paul Sanford. <laughs> Actually, Paul Sanford's gonna uh, pass out some cards. Got a sh and, uh, while you do that, I'm gonna do a minute because I have a bit that I'm trying to work out anyway. Uh, does anybody here have a dead parent or two? <laughs> no? All right, I only ask because um, uh, having a parent die is awkward, but also like having to tell people one-on-one -on -one that your parent's dead is super awkward because then you're in that weird position where like, you have to console them about your loss. You know, it's, it's bullshit. And uh, I don't know, I just used to lie about it. Like when I was younger, people would be like, where's your dad? And I was like, oh, he's in Miami. And then we moved back and then I was like, oh no, he's just in Haiti, right? Like I just kept moving him further south. I just wanted to avoid the question. Um, 
Okay, it looks like we're almost ready. I had a roommate who asked me once. She goes, "Sorry, I'm almost, I'm doing the accelerated version." Uh, <laughs> I had a roommate ask me. She was like, "How did your dad die?" And I was like, "Oh, he got shot." And by then, I was like, "Okay, I need to find a way to tell people this without like." while making them laugh, like while really making them comfortable. And she laughed hysterically, right? I was like, he got shot. And I was like, finally, I fucking nailed it, right? Like, I got it. And she's like, no, really, how did he die? And I was like, no, really, he got shot. It was a suicide. Uh, Things were really awkward. Uh, And then she was like, that's not funny, Dom. Like, it's not funny. It's not okay. I thought you were making a black joke. And I was like, wow. Yeah, thank you. Yikes. Oh, I don't know what. Yeah, anyway. Yep, uh, it was it was uh, less than pleasant, and I, I couldn't even count it as a red flag because I had already signed the lease. I lived there for a year. All right, thank you guys so much. Please put your hands together for Paul Sanford. I too am also going to attempt to tell jokes. I know, I know, it hasn't happened much, but we'll do it. Hey, you got some, jo- you got some cards. You can help me because. How, how did I come up with this? I have handed out cards to the, for you at home. I've handed out cards to the audience, and they are holding them up. And, and I am going to attempt to do humor from them, okay? And don't anybody heckle me. I'll just turn off my hearing aid. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, vegans, yes, whatever happens in vegans should stay in vegans. Okay. Pegging, I don't know what that means. I don't want to know what... Don't tell me about that, all right? Just just keep that to yourself. Gay pre- Yes, somebody said the next president will be gay. Yes, it's true. Donald Trump blows. <laughs> Old people do the four-letter word. That's true. We V-O-T-E. We vote. And if you young mothers of your fuckers, fuckers of your mothers would vote, you know, there'd be... There'd be weed in the street. Well, there is weed in the streets. But, but you know, you'd have it your way. Hitler. Hitler just endorsed Donald Trump. Hey, it's great. Skin to skin. She wrote to me and she said, send me $400 and I will come to you and we will get skin to skin and see if we have anything in common. And I wrote back and I said, look, if you're a tall, shambling, elderly, bald man, I don't want to have anything in common with you. Just stay home. Nancy and Babs, my dream is to have a three-way with Nancy Pelosi and Barbara Boxer because I like my women by camera okay, but, but you know, but the thing is, I, in my dream, I'm, you know, having very nice, elaborate, lubricated sex, and it's consensual, which makes it completely different from what Congress has been doing to us. Balls. <coughs> hey, yes, I have great balls, and I get to visit them at my ex-wife's house. <laughs> uh, Safe word. The guy was, he was trying rough sex, but he was a compulsive gambler. And so he picked the wrong safe word. He picked hit me. <laughs> white women. Yes, people get all excited about sleeping with white women. I have slept with white women. Oh, I've slept with white women. Well, you believe it or not, I have slept with white women. <laughs> in fact, in my whole life, I have only slept with white women. Because they will let you sleep. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do look just like Bernie. No hair, no foreskin, no chance of being president. <laughs> you know, that joke, so joke just goes in. You never know if you're going to get booze or not consent. Hey, you, how many of you young rapists are worried about getting consent? You know? You, you agonize over it. Did I get consent or not? Get, believe me, I'm not worried about getting consent. I don't care about getting consent. Not one bit. 
I don't need consent. I need help. <laughs> Pity. Enthusiasm. Scalia is dead. Yes, that's right. Are you sure? Did you check? Because, you know, he had no heart. The Trump, Trump balance ticket. Think about it. Who could possibly Trump balance the, we were talking about Jesus. Maybe that would be good. Gandhi, you know, Mother Teresa. I don't know. Chris, would you run with Trump to balance the ticket? You're okay with Trump, yeah. I'm white. Yes, I am. I'm white and I'm overweight and I'm not very good looking. So why don't black men hit on me? <laughs> breast size. At my age, it's not breast size, it's length. <laughs> Women lower IQ. Hold that up. Women lower IQ. You hear that? Women lower IQ. It is absolutely true. When women are around, men act stupid. <laughs> okay, you want me to stop in one minute, right? Okay, we're going to make the best of it in my day. In my day, they did not have on the cover of Ladies Home Journal giving better blowjobs. You know, it was a different day. You want me to do another Hitler joke? Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. A Jewish joke, a Jew and a woman and a bigot walked into a bar and ran for president. It's not a joke, it's happening. Who's my favorite porn star? That would be me. Us old, old guys, we do it with seasoned wood. Good shit, you have good shit. I only have a good shit when my hemorrhoids aren't acting up. Hey, look, I've learned at my age, you can't always finish. But you can stop. Hey, you've been nice having you. Been nice. Paul Sanford, everybody. Wait, Paul, 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 don't pick those up yet. Paul, don't, guys. Sorry, Paul, don't pick them up. Everybody who's got a card, can you look at the back and take note of the fact that Paul has printed his full fucking address, phone number, and Facebook name on the backs of these? I lose these. <laughs> if you lose them, let them stay lost, Paul. Holy shit. I think that's one of those things where, like, guys don't have to worry about printing their address on the backs of things. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Take a seat, Paul. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, that's so. That's one of those things. Like I could never put my address on the back of anything. Are you? Because then when I end up in a gutter, people are like, "Why was she so dumb?" You know, like that. That's. I mean, I, I'm not. Not that you're. You're not sexist, Paul. The patriarchy's sexist. All right. Right. Just one of those caution. I mean. I guess theoretically somebody, well, you know what, we're going to let this go. Um, your next comedian is going to use the same method, uh, still using Paul's address on the back of the cards. I want you guys to put your hands together for Clay Newman. Welcome, thank you. I wanted to come out all cocky to be like, I'm going to crush this. But in reality, the only thing I wrote down so far this week is I moved to a room that has a door and I get to masturbate a lot. So we're gonna do this instead, because uh, that's all that's in my notebook. Um, so mix it up a little bit. I don't like that one. I don't have anything for that at all. Inflation? No. 101 sexy. 101 sexy. I think it's sexy that people say the 101 and not just 101. 
I'm gonna do other jokes. Sorry, Paul, that wasn't that fun. I'm gonna be honest, I thought you look like you're having such a good time. I did, it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. It's like, it's like when somebody sees me smoking weed and then they try it, they're like, why am I afraid of things now? I'm like, well, it just wasn't for you. You could suck my asshole, Chris can answer. Quit, quit. Oh man. That's well, gotta be exciting, Chris. It's uh, it's cool to come into comedy having lived a little bit, having experienced life, having 70, how many years of experience that you have, and you don't even entertain the idea of quitting because you're gonna die so soon. Like, why even worry about it? Uh, there, I, I, in my head, I'm just thinking like, how do I make that not mean? And uh, it didn't happen, it came out mean still. Oh, well, I love Chris dearly. Uh, if Chris died, I would, I would say a joke at his funeral and I would force a tear. I would force one tear to come down, it would be very dramatic, and I would eat everything at the after party. It's, it's, it's probably not called an after party. If it's a funeral, that's, it's a, it's a wake, a recession, no, concession. Just, it doesn't matter, we're gonna move on. So I got my own room now. Uh, there's a door on it. And I was so excited because now I can masturbate. <laughs> the thing is, I was so excited about being able to masturbate freely, I totally forgot I have a girlfriend that I could have been having sex with in there. Like that, I was so excited about masturbating. That was an afterthought. Somebody had to be like, yeah, plus your girlfriend. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm not too tired from masturbating. <laughs> Way too excited. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I think it's crazy that we live in a society that has all of these technological advances and yet nobody's even tried to invent a bed that we could pee into. <laughs> nobody's even tried. Who wouldn't want that? Even on a warm night, I'm not getting out of bed to pee. I'm just gonna be like, all right, well, we're just gonna try to have a dream about not peeing. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a dream where I'm in the not peeing Olympics and hope for the best in the morning. I bet I could pee in. Give me a, a hole, a bucket, some air freshener. I'm not greedy. We can make it happen. A funnel for the ladies. I don't know how vaginas work. <laughs> you don't pee with the vagina? Whoa. What? What is happening down there? I gotta try having sex with the lights on once. Just once. The vagina, I thought that's like saying, uh, like, you know, Los Feliz. Like, no, it's still Los Angeles. I said Los Angeles, it's part of the vagina. It's all there. It's just a subsection of the greater vagina area. Which the 101 drives straight through. Uh, all right. Okay, <laughs> thank you, oh, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> this is honestly, uh, I, I don't know why, but I kind of miss the horn. Uh, I miss the abrasiveness. I miss Pam rising it. That's a good comedy test. Oh, son of a bitch, all right. That's the thing though, Pam lifts it up. You have about two and a half seconds to try to make the horn make sense. You have two and a half seconds to get to a point where you're like, and then the punchline. 
<laughs> Otherwise, it's another one of the 90% of the jokes ruined by that horde. Uh, oh, well, I appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, this has been awesome times. I think next time the dude comes with food, we should give him a roarse applause because we're getting free food every Friday, and that's pretty awesome. So we should lose our shit for them next time. All right, keep it going for your wonderful host. Thank you. Yeah, uh, if you guys want me to use the horn, I will. I just, it fucking throws me for a loop all the time, so I figured I would be nice about it. All right, never mind. Uh, Rachel, do you want the horn or not? Excellent. All right, no horn. Ma'am, please, uh, before you leave, you're not leaving, right? You're getting food? I just wanted to thank you. Not a lot of people know what a urethra is. Um, Public service comes in many forms, people. All right, your next comedian, uh, funny. Why, why, all of the people are funny. Why the fuck is that an intro? All right, I'm gonna stop having an internal conflict on stage and just bring up your next funny person, Rachel Raphael. So me, you're like, ah, we don't need an intro. Screw it. Um, I didn't know that <laughs> Los Feliz was part of the vagina, so that's <laughs> that's new. <laughs> Los Feliz, apparently it's part of the vagina. Anyway, don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, some sometimes sometimes I'm just like a 12 year old. Um, so you guys might have noticed something about me, and considering most of you know me, it'd probably be weird if you kept noticing, but. Um, you might have noticed like two round things on my chest. I have big boobs, and I'm decided that I'm now its own minority. I'm a stacked American. <laughs> now, does that sound like a sandwich? <laughs> yes. Here's what the stacked American sandwich is. It's just two sliders busting out of sandwich paper suggestively on a plate. So, sounds delicious. It would be, trust me. <laughs> The sandwich would just have like a lot of cleavage, and how are we gonna, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, and I've been trying to figure out like, what's the line? Like, wha- how are you like a stacked American versus just like a regular like woman with boobs? And I fi- figured out the answer. It's if you do, um, if like you're like running out of the shower and you just need to like get a towel or something and you're trying to cover it. If you do like the arm over the nipple move, and it's just like not, it's just like there's no point. Like there's just like. Like, oh, like, I'm covering my boobs just by, like, putting my arm over the middle. And then you're like, wow, you can pretty much almost see everything anyway. Then you're a stacked American. Because <laughs> um, on Tuesday, I went to go get bras. And the way I get bras is I just walk into the Nordstrom's lingerie department and just look confused until someone helps me. And so they're, t- they're like, oh, like, what kind of bras do you want? Do you like what kind of colors? I'm like, I mean, I need a black one. I need, like, you know, beige. And they're like, do you want a fun color? And I'm like, people like me don't get to have fun colors. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'd like one, but I'm not allowed. <laughs> and, like, if you, like, I feel like maybe people who, like, enjoy boobs should, like, write, like, the lingerie companies because apparently, the like, the way you would like to see big boobs is not at all and tucked the fuck in. Like, all these bras are like fucking turtlenecks. And I'm like, where do you think I'm going? <laughs> like, oh, you're over a triple D? You're a matron. And I'm like, wh- why are we doing that? And so, um, you know, people might be like, oh, you must, like, you must, like, get out of traffic tickets. Well, I don't drive, so that doesn't really work. 
Like, oh, like you must like you go to the bar and you get free drinks. You must get free drinks all the time. Free drinks everywhere. And I'm like, no, because I'm awkward and my personality goes with me to the bar. <laughs> so that trumps it. Now, it's possible that if my boobs went without me to the bar, who knows? They might be very charming. I don't know yet. But, I mean, I'm ho- hoping by the end of this year I'll be like, Nikki, you go to Mission Street, Svetlana, you go to Polk Street, and then we'll, like, meet back here and see who, like, got the most drinks. Um, <laughs> and now everyone has been like, Svetlana, why is your one of your boobs named Svetlana? Why? Why? That's the weirdest part of this joke. <laughs> Look, if it's not my fault, and if that one of my boobs, like, was a dominatrix in Poland, okay? <laughs> Apparently that's, that's obviously it. Also, if and when the singularity comes, Svetlana is the boob that's going to get a robot arm Imp- installed in it, and it's very important for my friend. F- for my friend, he would like you to know that once Svetlana has a robot arm, there will be a flip-up nipple cover. I don't know why that's very important to my friend, but it is. Um, if you're wondering, well, like, what would I do with like like an arm that just comes out of one of my boobs? Um, mostly just like hold things in profile, so you think I'm holding something with two arms, and then just like like run my hand through my hair. That's mostly what I want to do. <laughs> Or, ju- or just like, I don't know, like, just like get really mad at someone and then use one arm to like hold a glove and then use the, r- the robot boob arm to like take the glove out of that arm and hit someone with it. Um, <laughs> it's just a lot of that. Um, you know, I don't, I, h- what else am I going to say besides like, you know, robot booms are boob arms hitting people with gloves. All right, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, holy shit, did you guys get a group rate? Did the bus just come? Bus? No? Found park. Oh, parking out here is an asshole. Uh, an asshole. Um, okay, so we're going to take this moment to turn on the lights. Uh, I'm not really sure where they are, but it's going to happen. Uh, oh, Jonathan, I'm so happy you're here. Good to see you. Also, can you please help us turn on the lights? Uh, just figured it'd be easier to do this while I'm up here than if uh, there's a comic up here. And then, yeah, that would happen. Holy shit. Um, all right. Oh, you know what? I told Alex Warren he's next, and I'm sorry, Alex. It's actually, um, wait, Walker's not here, right? Walker Glenn? Didn't see him. All right. He just walked in the room. He doesn't know he's about to go up, but it's his birthday. Maybe not. I want you guys to put your hands together for Jesse Warren. All right, cool. Uh, I just went and got a smart water because I'm a fucking idiot and I fall for their branding. Uh, I hey, fellas, you guys ever have this problem? You guys ever go swimming in like an ice cold lake and you're embarrassed because after you get out, your dick still Chinese when you get out? <laughs> I was trying to put the moves on this girl at my apartment last night and I invited her over and I wanted to make us a couple white Russians. So I went to the cabinet, poured her a couple glasses of milk, went to get the Kahlua, and I realized it was out of alcohol. So then we just have milk. <laughs> yeah, uh, I learned that nothing gets you friend zone quicker than inviting a girl over on a Friday night for drinks and then just serving her dairy. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I don't know, I'm stubborn though, so I tried to play it off like it was all part of the plan. I was like, hey, can I heat that up for you? Maybe stir in a little honey? 
And she was like, no, I'll just have it cold. I was like, all right, one milk on the rocks coming right up. <laughs> it was a really sad experience. It was really sad. Um, I, you guys ever, would you get jealous if a robot fucked your girlfriend? I don't know, I was thinking about this a lot recently because uh, this happened this month. Uh, humans just lost at Go, the, uh, the board game Go. It's like we lost at chess to computers. We just lost to Google's Go playing supercomputer. And it's got me worried uh, because even though it was widely publicized that we lost at Go to a computer, uh, what wasn't widely publicized was that the computer also, after beating the guy at Go, also fucked his wife. <laughs> he fucked his wife, dude. It was uncool. Started raising his children. It's fucked up. I don't want this to keep happening. I think uh, we need to take a stand. Sometimes somebody's got to draw the line. Where do you draw the line? I'll tell you where I draw my line. Two words, mahjong. <laughs> as soon as we lose a mahjong, I'm done, man. I can't, can't fuck with a computer who beats humans in mahjong. It'd be crazy. A computer that beats humans in mahjong, dude, he wouldn't even have to try to fuck my girl. I'd gladly give her up his tribute to his strength. <laughs> I don't know, man, dude. A robot who wins in mahjong. So I, I don't know. I give up. I give up. It's game over at that point. Uh... I was at the gym. I think people are dramatic at the gym. Uh, I think one of the most dramatic exercises is the shrug. It's the one where you go, pow, pow. It, it's a ridiculous exercise even if I wasn't saying pow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, people do, it's, it's named after like the shrugging motion that you, you know, like that nobody ever thought was hard, just like this. Uh, so, but people, I've never had this scenario happen. I've never been like, hey man, how was the artichoke dip? And the guy was like, uh, it was all right. I've never been like, dude, have you been working out? That looked hella easy, man. You've been shrugging. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the gym's weird. I don't like personal trainers. Personal trainers will try to say motivational stuff to their clients, try to get them motivated. They'll say things like, push harder. Anything is possible. And the client gets motivated. He's like, yeah, let's fucking do this. I wouldn't be like that. I'd just be like, hey, wait, aren't you a personal trainer? Like, aren't, like, who, like why, who gives you the credibility to tell me that I can do anything in life? That doesn't make sense, man. Is this really what you'd be doing if you could do anything? Training me? I don't know. To be a person, anybody can be a personal trainer. To be a personal trainer, you yourself don't even have to personally train, right? You see, like, out of shape personal trainers all the time. Did I, did I already get a, a honk? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, okay, so, yeah, you see out of shape personal trainers all the time telling they're out of shape clients what to do. I think that's a bit like a prisoner telling another prisoner how to get out of jail, right? It's like, why, if you know this, why are you still here? Get, get out of here. Don't you have this information? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Personal trainers. I don't know. I was on the BART and I heard somebody say this. I heard somebody say, I meditate like all the time. No, you don't. Um, you took a nap in yoga pants. That's what you did. You probably sat down in a Lululemon. It's not meditating. <sighs> this is my impression of a valley girl who thinks she's a monk. A valley girl who thinks she's a monk. You guys, I want Nirvana like right now. <laughs> Thank you guys. Give it up for Jesse and his smart water!
so many good things happening. Um, all right, you guys. I have good news. There's more comedy. I know. You didn't see that coming. Uh, our next comedian, very funny. Put your hands together for Mary Baker. Both. Um, okay. I like this one. It's for me. It's short. Um, so I have a thing that I want to talk about, but I want to first get this freshest thing out here. I got dumped today by a, yeah, fucking today uh, by a male feminist because he said I made him feel small, and that's not a joke yet, but it is funny. <laughs> So I wanted to say it while it was still funny because it's true and I'll work it into a joke. Just wait, just wait. Um, <laughs> I uh, take public transit usually. Today was my first day not. That's why it took me 20 minutes to find a parking spot. Uh, I just waited outside of an after school program until someone pulled out. That's how I finally found someone. <laughs> um, anyway, I usually take public transit um, and you see a lot of funky shit on there, and unless you have, like, your face and your phone, then you don't, but, uh, I try to look around, try to be cognizant so no one touches me, and, uh, I got on recently, and, uh, <laughs> there was a guy just sitting in one of, like, the handicapped spots, so it's like, you know, you see everything that's going on around him, you can't hide, uh, in those handicapped spots of a dog. Uh, <laughs> and I looked and I noticed he was 100% masturbating. He was masturbating on Bart. Uh, and it's shocking. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. I feel like women see it because I don't, I don't know. You're not used to seeing something so violent, but <laughs> so it's shocking when I saw it, it was so violent. And, uh, and there are a number of things you can do in that situation. Like, you can um, ignore it, or you can call the cops if you're a fucking snitch, or <laughs> you can film it because it's 2016 and that's okay to do now for porn. And uh, but Or you can do what I did, which is be like, Haha, I'm funny, like, I'm going to think of a joke and tell him. <laughs> and so I did. I was like, ooh, got one. And I <laughs> got down to his level. Um, but loud enough so everyone else can hear because I care a lot about what people think of me. And I, I got down and I was like, hey, you getting off here too? Yeah. <laughs> but nobody laughed. Nobody on Bart laughed. He didn't laugh. And in that moment, I realized that it was the worst. This was the worst thing that ever happened to me, and not because I saw his penis, but because I have two things going for me. One is that I'm the sexual muse of perverted old men. The second is that I'm like mildly funny. And in, in that instance, I realized I was neither one of those things. <laughs> because I obviously wasn't funny, nobody laughed. I know I was a thinker, but nobody laughed. And, uh, and if he had been into me, if he had like, liked the way I looked, and that's why he was jerking it on part, he would have loved that I got that close to him, but he didn't, he didn't give a fuck. So I'm worthless. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that happened. I, uh, I work in food service. You can tell I'm poor because I take BART and I work in food service and I live in Oakland. 
Anyway, I'm feeling depressed today, you guys. Um, I, tell you, I work in food service, and so it's really hard to get shifts covered. Um, last minute, if you're sick, people don't believe you or something. Um, and I tried to get a shift covered, and someone called me shady. One of my coworkers called me shady, and my boss didn't believe me. I was legitimately sick. I had a cold. And I thought about it, and I was like, I feel like this is something that should be taken seriously, like my my cold, because that can turn into something serious. And uh, I thought about it. The pilgrims used to die from a cold, which makes it kind of inexcusable. Is that the horn? Yeah. <laughs> inexcusable that they weren't respecting my sickness. Like, I feel like I have a lot in common with a pilgrim who, you know, like, they get a cold and then they're fucking dead the next day. And I, like, I'm sickly. I'm clearly a white woman. Like, a lot of people think I'm a witch. I eat a lot of corn. I've had, like, oppressive, probably oppressive sex with someone named John Smith. Like, the list goes on and on. And I'm not, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just looking for, like, pilgrim level of respect. I'm not even looking for male pilgrim level of respect. Just, like, female. Like, just a little bit. Just fucking believe me so I don't die the next day. Anyway, all right. Thank you, guys. This is my first time here. I like it. Thanks. Mary Baker, one more time, folks. Mary, I know you're having a hard time so I, uh, today, so I have to warn you not to drink from that can. Whoa, the dog licked it? The, do- I, the dog was walking around. The- <laughs> Fucking Timothy Pizza, where are you? Come get your, fu- no, I'm just kidding. The dog could say. Uh, <laughs> as she takes a swig, give it up for Mary Baker. The, the sad part about that is I, I thought the dog was by me because it liked me. And then I looked over and the fucking can was there and I was like, oh wait, I have to stop it from licking the can and it was too late. All right, your next comedian also just kind of got here just in time. I want you guys to put it up for Alex, put it up, what the fuck does that mean? Give it up for Alex Warren. No, I like that, I like that. You guys, uh, I would actually prefer if you guys put it up. Um, So we can start with that. Um, I, so I have a friend in the circus, and then I went, I was just like, all right, circus is cool. I want to learn some of that stuff. And so I, 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 I went to this uh, Russian acrobatics coach, and he was just like, he was just like, all right, he had me do some things. But then he was just like, all right, so I'm, going, I'm going to stretch you, um, which kind of sounds like Arnold, but he was Russian. D- take my word for it. So he was just like, I'm going to stretch you. Just sit on the, sit on the ground. So he had me like sit on the ground. He's just like, okay, spread your legs. And so I'm spreading my legs, and then he's just like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to stretch you now. And he starts to push me down. And this is about as far as I can get normally. But he got my chest, like, super, like, super close to the ground. And the whole time he's just like, okay, deeper, deeper. Oh, you're so soft. You're so soft. And um, and I think that's pretty much, like, the exact words he used uh, when he took his wife's virginity. Um, <laughs> so that's exciting. He's a, he's a strong man, though. So uh, I guess if someone's going to treat me that way, at least it's going to be this, like, giant Russian uh, man. Um, another thing I learned from that situation, actually, is that yeah, I kind of think of my muscles as being, like, one thing. But I, it turns out they're, like, string cheese. It looks like one thing. But, but if you push it far enough, it, you, you can, like, it splits into all these little strings. And that, that was my hip. It went, like, and... 
And uh, um, so it's been months, and I still kind of uh, get numb when I sit down. Uh, and apparently he was the gentle Russian coach. There was, like, another one that was less gentle, and luckily I didn't uh, get trained by him. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so I, uh, uh, I had this friend, uh, or he's still my friend. It's just been, I haven't seen him in a while, but... Um, like he was all like he was having a hard time. His like parents had divorced and stuff, and he was like really struggling with his job. And I was just like, dude, that's pretty bad. But also, your roommate sucks, and you're totally fucked, um, because I'm bad at giving advice. <laughs> I'm really bad at uh, at uh, at that whole. Like I was, imp I thought I was empathizing, but really I was just telling him how bad he really had it and making it sound even worse than he thought. Um, so I've decided I'm going to get better, and I'm going to start an advice column. Um, but no one's sent me any questions yet, so I started by looking at other advice columns for, for hints. And um, so I went to Dear Prudence, and I got one of the questions off that, and that's that's what I'm starting with. So this guy, he's his uh, his his parents died when he was young and then his girlfriend he overheard her telling another person you know John um, John may be poor but at least I don't have to deal with his parents because uh, <laughs> because apparently she's a bitch but but John really liked her and uh, was really concerned just like I'm having trouble getting over this and as my like this is my advice column the first thing I want to know is John has she ever considered being a stand-up comic um, because that's what you should do if you <laughs> have, you know what, uh, something I noticed from life is I always start with things in my, in my life that are like not that good. Wait, no, this joke, damn it, this joke doesn't even make sense. I'm supposed to start with this joke. The whole line is you got to start with your best, but I already did some other things that, all right. <laughs> so uh, I was thinking of, um, like I was saying, this advice column. So I'm going to call it like Ask X Rhizomatis, which is my email. And it's uh, Latin for uh, pretentious as fuck. Um, yeah. And that's, that's going to be my, or that is my email. Actually, I made myself a logo because I was making a website. And, uh, oh, I'm really big into VR, um, virtual relationships. Yeah, <laughs> so there's this uh, girl that actually she's the 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 uh, circus performer actually and in, in introduced me to that coach that fucked up my legs, but um anyways I was like messaging her I was just like hey check out this website I made because she's not in this uh, state so it's virtual in the sense that I am texting her and not actually having a relationship, but but. Uh, what if I just paused here? No, so I told her, she's like, hey, check out, check out my website. She's just like, oh, that's cool. Um, oh, wait, I actually wrote down, th this was important because I feel like it's interesting to note. Um, she was just like, oh, cool concept. Funny that you're using that to identify yourself online, uh, uh, but status is still very important to you. And I was just like, what do you, what do you mean? Are you, are you trying to say that status is really important to me? What do you mean by that? Do you think I should worry less about status? And then, and then she was just like, oh, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, image is good and whatever. And she kind of was talking about some other things. And then, um, but then, but then she had to leave off the internet. And then I sent her this like giant essay of text. <laughs> like it took me, like I was, I was a little drunk on the bus home, and I was just like, God damn it, F fuck you about stats. This is like that time you told me I'm too competitive. And so I wrote this like giant essay, and uh, I don't even know what the funny thing about that is, but I was trying to figure it out because I really did spend a lot of time, and. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's probably, it's probably been a minute. You guys are great. <laughs> One more time. All right. Uh, whoops.
I'm going to try to get through everybody that we've got. So unfortunately, sets are going to be four minutes from here to eight. Uh, but I do want you guys to very excitedly put your palms together and clap it up for Walker Glenn. Hey, everybody. It's good to be here. This is just a thing I was thinking about. I don't know if it's relatable or not, but like... Do you guys feel like it's a thing that different families have, like, names that they make up for genitals, you know? Like, when you're a little kid, right? If families have their own names that they make. Like, in my house, we called a vagina Mama's Big Ol' Puss Puss. That's what we called it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> are, there any, uh, are there any parents here tonight? Paul, you and me, buddy. So alone. Um, no, that that usually uh, I I have a, a two-year-old, and usually when I ask crowds in the Bay Area uh, if there are any parents, uh, I get a resounding silence, which is confusing. I don't know where the new people are coming from. Um, I'm worried that my son is going to turn to me at some point and just be like, Papa, are there others like me? And I'll have to be like, fuck, I don't know. Like, I've never met anyone else who has one of you. I've seen kids on TV. Maybe become friends with Joe on Modern Family. He's the baby. Let's see. Gosh, I really didn't think that Mama's big old puss puss thing was gonna. I thought that was gonna be a hole. I was gonna. I guess it is because it was too funny. And now nothing else I want to say is uh, living up to it. Um, my wife is. Uh, my wife's on the Nuvering. Any ladies want to answer if they're on the Nuvering? What you peed it out? It comes out sometimes, huh? That's a. That's. Well, let's touch on that. Uh, <laughs> When my wife had uh, the Nuvering put in, the doctor told her that it would only come out during rough sex, um, which was good that she told her that because until then, I didn't know that I was super into rough sex. I had no idea. I thought I was just doing it normal. Um, but gall darn it, if that thing doesn't come flying out every single time... <laughs> And that's scary because, as I said before, I am a father. So when some of the only other thing I've seen come out of my wife's pussy is my son. So when it flies out, I'm just like, fuck, not again. But, <laughs> but no, it's just the thing. Um, uh, my, wife, uh, my wife and I are married. We've been together for a long time. And, uh, you know, sometimes people ask me, uh, you know, how, how I've made it work out and uh, how, how we've kept things good in the marriage. Uh, for us, uh, it's an open relationship. We have an open relationship that works for us. Uh, it's one where we have sex with each other, and I also want to have sex with other women, and I've been very open about that. Uh, I've made my feelings known. Um, because, uh, because of being married, uh, sometimes you have to vicariously live through your friends and their, their encounters, you know, it's like, what's going on out there? They got to tell you. Right. And I had a friend who recently was telling me he was uh, sleeping with this woman and he was like, yeah, man, like she's fucking insane. Like, I think she's for real crazy. And I was like, oh, so like, that's bad. Right. And he was like, no, 
No, it's great because with crazy women, the sex is amazing. That's not the first time I've heard that. You hear that, right? Crazy woman equals great in bed. That's out there. People are saying that, but you don't really ever hear it said about men. Like you never really hear women being like, you know, who straight up is the best at fucking is dudes who are severely mentally ill. You don't hear that a lot. And then I was talking to a lady friend about that, and she was like, actually, that's not true, Walker. We do think crazy guys are good in bed. And I was like, okay, fine, maybe. But I'm pretty sure she means, like, recklessly crazy, dangerously crazy. Not my brand of crazy, which is just to wake you up at 3.30 in the morning in a cold sweat to be like, hey, do you think my friends are leaving me out of any fun email threads? Uh, Thanks, guys. I'm Walker. person is Zane Barrett. Keep it clapping. Don't even stop clapping. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, switched it at the end on me. All right. I, uh, I was at the Blue Lagoon last night in Santa Cruz. Has anybody else done that room before? Yeah. No. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, So uh, it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And I went to college there. So it was like, you know when a kid goes back to like the house he grew up in, he's just like, oh, shit, there was the place that I broke my nose. Oh, my God, that's where we got in a fight. That's where Mom hit Dad that one time. But at the Blue Lagoon, it's much grosser. All of the things that I saw there were much more terrible. Like, oh, there was the gu- time the guy took a shit on the floor in the middle. He was hitting on this woman, and he was talking to her, and he was just like, yeah, I'd like to get up inside that pussy tonight. What do you think? He was that open about it. And she's like, you're gross. He's like, that's not gross. This is gross. And then just took a shit on the carpet. So there was that. There was the time that a tiger mom gave a 28-year-old man a blowjob by the pool tables in front of everybody. Just casually, just walked up. She was dressed in like a pantsuit. Just got down on her knees. And the guy just, oh, he, it was like the kid in high school who got to fuck his friend's hot mom kind of thing. Just that satisfaction of like, like seeing a unicorn like I didn't even know this existed holy shit and it was it was great it was great because you have that all of that going on and then he sets it up with really nice little black tables with candles on them so you feel like you're in a cabaret inside of a butthole it's just uh it's a very special room it's a special room but uh yeah in college uh the house parties you go to a lot more house parties in college than you seem to after you leave like, if they were a stock, it'd be like Enron in the 90s. But after you leave college, that shit's Enron in 2000. <laughs> Through the floor, not so much. But I used to love them. You get to see it. You meet a lot of people. You see a lot of ladies looking good. And what do you want to do? You want to hit on the ladies, fellas. Who likes to hit on the ladies? And by try to talk to them and just see if they, you can make them laugh. That's what I do. I'm more gentle about it. But either way, the cocaine, that also helps. It does. And there's two kinds. Two kinds. There's the kind that's really good and your face goes numb and you talk with your buddies about forming a startup that will never happen. And then there's number two, where it makes you feel like a meth head for 30 minutes and then you have to shit your pants. So I had one of those at one of these parties. It was like 80 people and I like do a couple lines and I'm feeling like, I'm like, oh shit, I know what's coming next. Like you just know. And I was hitting on this girl and I was like, oh hey, so I'm um, thinking we could get coffee maybe later. This like, a, like an audible growl and the girl was just like, uh, no, it's like coffee's the last thing I think that you need right now. <laughs> and uh, so, so I, so what do you do? Like you're at a stranger's home and you have to take a shit. What do you do? But I'm not going to shit my pants in front of this beautiful woman. I have too much respect for her. So I go in and I go in and I finish my business and I wipe and then you look around and you're like, all right, how can I cover the smell? 
These motherfuckers live like prisoners. Toilet paper, toilet, two toothbrushes. That's it. No toothpaste at all. I had nothing. So you have only one choice. You have to blame it on the last guy who came out. However, the last guy who came out only took 10 seconds. So I, I had to convince him that he had done the cocaine and drank a bunch of coffee that day. All right, guys. Thanks. That's my time. Listen, thank you guys so much. Give it up for all the comics you've seen tonight. You guys have made this happy hour great. Stick around in 10 minutes. We start the Pantastics Comedy Clubhouse. Y'all are sexy. Thank you. Well, they should go to trialta.com to see the six different kinds of cannabinoids that are all distilled for their medicinal needs. Yes, and they're so wonderful. Have you heard about the CBN? Did you even know this existed? Is that like waffles? No, CBN is the cannabinoid in the plant that makes you fall asleep. Oh my God. Weed to make you sleep. Yeah. Does that put cancer to sleep? It puts cancer to sleep. It doesn't even get you high. It just puts you to sleep. There's also the THCA. Pain relief. Don't need any more opioids. Does that come from the vegetation state? It, it certainly does. You clearly know your botanicals. You know your Alta California botanicals. Yes, and there's also a CV, high CBD and a mixture of both high THC and CBD. That's right. Helps with the shaky shakies. If you have anxiety, go with the CBD. If you like to get high, go with the THC. Go with it all. Go to your local dispensary and ask for it by name. Alta California botanicals. Or go to tryalta.com. If you give them your medical prescription, you can get two weeks for free Alta. absolutely try alta.com hey you psychedelic junkies need something to do Tuesday March 1st well get your ass on out to the Golden Bull in Oakland at 8 p.m for a stellar lineup of psychedelic rock brought to you by Subliminal SF. Featuring War Cloud, Cloud Catcher of Denver, and Skunk. Then, Thursday, March 31st, check out Seattle Band UN Hissing and Cardinal Worm, also another band to be announced. Same place, same time, $8. Funeral Doom is the genre. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook. See you there. What's up, San Francisco? The SF Eagle Bar is proud to sponsor the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. The SF Eagle is about to celebrate its third year anniversary since reopening under new ownership and new management. We are historically a gay leather bar, and now we cater to the queer LGBT community. Aha! 
as well as our allies by hosting fundraisers for local nonprofits and events to celebrate love and equality. I ain't got no dick, but I love the Eagle. Yeah, you Ooh, do. Yes. Located at 398 12th Street at Harrison Street and open every single goddamn day. So check www.sf-eagle.com yeah. for calendar of events and we will see you 3316 by the way opening day of our special midnight comedy showcase for the mutiny comedy festival i see you guys there hell yeah hey. Industrial metals taking over. Golden Bull in Oakland, April 5th, with the Death Kings of LA, Genocide Skin, Ort Cloud, and other bands to be announced. 8 p.m., $8, all industrial metal. To come again on April 15th to see some noise rock. The other band on Earth will be there. Jerkagram of LA will be there. And Love Moon. Same place, different time. 9 p.m., 7 bucks. Brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash subliminalsf. is a proud sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We appreciate how comedians are, well, they're poor, and they need a delicious and inexpensive alternative to craft beer. Now, that's why every Pabst Blue Ribbon is affordable and accessible to even the dirtiest of dickbag comedians, allowing them to be in public at a bar interacting with people they probably shouldn't, like women. So go buy your favorite comedian a PBR. They need the encouragement that someone, somewhere, cares what they have to say. Paps Blue Ribbon, keeping comedians funny with classically delicious flavor since 1844. Which is crazy, because it was America's best in 1893. At the brainwash, the mighty brainwash, Tony Sparks home. At the brainwash, the mighty brainwash, oh yes, we got them jokes. Seven nights we sponsored to hustle entertainment sponsors all the jokes the Medina let's assault the jokes please 
Sunlight out of UK. Primitive Man of Denver and cult leader Salt Lake City. 8 p.m. $10. July 15th. Brought to you by Subliminal SF. 